0: Hi, it's Stephanie Hansen, and with schools back in session and so many of you being the distance learning teacher, as well as working from home, everyone is getting busy. Now add in that the days are getting shorter and the holidays are just around the corner, and it's a very busy time of year for everyone. Instacart delivery from Lakewinds is a great option for reclaiming some of that precious spare time to spend with your loved ones. It's very easy to set up an Instacart account with Lakewinds. Once your card is set, an Instacart employee heads to the store and hands selects all the items in your cart. They pick the best produce, meats, and dairy that Lakewinds has to offer and they'll help you get all the items you have put in your cart and you don't have to do the shopping. Instacart has lots of helpful features when you set up an account like the option to save favorite items for reordering and time delivery so that you can schedule your groceries to arrive when you can be home to receive them. And when you think about the time and convenience factor, Instacart is very inexpensive with as little as six dollars per delivery. To me, that it just seems like a reasonable price to pay for a little bit of sanity. You don't have to be a member to shop. Visit lakewinds.com slash delivery to start getting co-op groceries delivered to you at home or at your workplace. And if you decide to visit Lakewinds, please do so in Minnetonka, and Richfield or online again at lakewinds.com slash delivery.
2: Eat on the weekly day.
0: to the weekly dish i'm stephanie hansen hey i'm stephanie march and we are here we are in our covid sensitive environment with our pop screens and our bleach water and all the <laughs> things that happen in a studio
2: i don't even know what a pop screen was when you said that i was like i don't know what that is that is a microphone
0: an, foam thing. i'm only sensitive to it because someone sent an email once i tend to pop my peas when i say them yeah Um, they have these screens that you put over the microphones that mitigate some of that noise. And because everyone is being so covid sensitive, they carry their own pop screens. And we're just the weekend show, so we didn't have our own pop screens. So we're always scrambling like, where's the screen? Right, right. Stephanie March, can I just make an observation about your your face today? What? Well, first of all, whenever I see your face, it's a good day. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. back. Yeah, welcome back to myself. Yeah. Um, your hair is getting real long. So like, we are in sister-wife territory, Let's, let's have a
2: chat a little bit about this look at mine, too. I know. Well, have you had yours cut since the COVID? No, uh-uh. So, you guys, I'll tell you, last week, sorry, I have to apologize for the fact that we, I wasn't here, and you were still on the road, and I had a great show planned with Stephanie Meyer. It was going to be a lot of fun. And then... I mean, I feel almost presidential in the fact that there was, you know, a risk that happened and there was a COVID case that uh, was near me. Someone who had been to my house had tested positive. So I did a test and I felt I couldn't come into the station and risk people, especially Ms. Harmony Kaplan, who comes after us. And you're socially responsible about that.
0: You Mm -hmm. had someone that you were in an outdoor environment with, but they were at my
2: house and it was we were sitting across from each other and. This is nobody you guys all know because I don't post my entire life on social media. Sure, I do. I know you <laughs> do. Um, and uh, but I think I like to keep some stuff myself. And um, anyway, so this friend of mine, you know, was called me a week afterward and said we've tested positive, and you should. And and I made my own decision. And so and Jake and I did the responsible thing. He skipped a senior party, his outdoor senior party, that uh, it may be the only one that they have. But he felt it would be better than to have to tell his friends. Uh, guess what guys, Yeah, (laughs) you know, like, so, so we just stayed home last weekend and it was sad to miss the show, but, um, I just felt it was the right thing to do. And of course the good news is since I'm sitting here today, it was negative. Yeah. So I feel good about it. I feel like I would continue to make those decisions if it happens. I will tell you, I have a number of friends now who are in the same situation. I have a lot of friends who are getting tested because of exposure to somebody mm-hmm. i think it's blooming and it's blooming in maybe it's because we're all back in the schools and everything else i don't know i'm not ready to get all political about it and everything else i'm just telling well, you let's just not yeah no i'm not and it. i'm not you know i mean i'm just saying i feel like there is definitely a bloom happening yeah so.
0: And obviously, speaking of politics, the president being diagnosed, the first lady, many of the people of the leadership in the Republican Party.
2: It seems that it came from there was seems that as if you've been watching at all the Twitters and the news and everything else, it seems that it was the Judge Amy confirmation or, you know, nomination sort of event that is the super spreader, Kellyanne Conway and everybody else. And so and she had the,
0: the Supreme Court nominee had had COVID earlier in the spring.
2: So she so seems to be maybe anybody safe.
0: Somewhat we'll see. Antibody-ish.
2: But it is true. And I will say that I have, you know, one of my friends is, you know, was feeling ill, you know, the, was really ill from it. And her husband actually went into the AR. And I think they're doing both much better now. But, you know, the idea that this is not just a simple little thing. This is, I mean, it affects people differently. And it's like, it's like we went through this fear in the beginning, you know, like our, and like the way that we wouldn't like even get close or touch or do anything and then we kind of lost our we kind of went loose on it and then now I feel like again I I sort of I sort of had to check back when I had to stay home and miss my fun I had to miss my job and I had to miss all the things I sat there and I thought I need to be better again I need to like tighten it up
0: I it's interesting because someone sent me kind of a nasty gram on the instas about like I can't believe you talk about wearing masks on the show and you've been traveling all over the country and And A, she's right, I have been, but I'm in a van that has my own bathroom, my own shower, I'm cooking my own food, I'm in the outdoors, like I interact with the host of the RV campground who comes to the side window to give us our car pass, and we are all wearing masks, and then we only even on the road, we were on the road three weeks, we only even went to the grocery store once, because we brought... I had so much food from yeah. the cabin closing that down. Right. I literally had sauerkraut and tomato sauce and all the stuff from the garden. We ate. We went to Santa... We got as far as Santa Fe, which our friend has a house there. And we had already seen him once in the summer. We'd van camped in his driveway. So we van camped in his driveway in Santa Fe. We did go in the house and eat, but it was like a big open, airy house. And someone like was like, oh, I can't believe you're traveling with friends. I'm like... I know it looks like I'm doing all this unsafe stuff, but really, when you're in your own environment, like you're just getting gas at gas stations, that's really everyone's doing here. Anyway,
2: I would say this that I think that one of the things, and I know it, I know it's it's all about everyone's emotional capacities, which are kind of full they're kind (laughs) Kind of and so i feel like a lot of people are making you know judgments about photos they see and i just and i I do too and i i would say that if you can if you can just i'm trying not to be preachy i'm just saying i think we'd all be happier if you just didn't make that social media comment about a photo which you really don't know like the the photos themselves to me when someone's like wow no mask well clearly that's an archive photo and if you need me people get confused i know and and the other thing is is that it. It doesn't, because even if someone did take off their mask for a quick photo, you know, I don't think that that means that they're being risked, they're indulging in risky behavior. So I would say, I just caution us all to remember to take a beat before reacting. I'm not trying to be preachy.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, I wish it's
2: coming off like that. (laughs) (laughs) Because your emotional capacities are full. Yeah, exactly. It's a full moon and everything is crazy.
0: Here is, uh, I, I, while well, i'm moving so i sold my house sold in one day which was super exciting and moving to everyone's like where are you moving to are you moving out of state i'm like no i'm moving to golden valley it's yeah, fine
2: no
0: um west though which we already talked about on the show and
2: barely west let's be clear <laughs> like you're Stephanie's still still the first tier suburb. Hope our producer
0: is dying laughing because yeah. you know this is gonna, create oh God, this controversy. Is gonna be oh, real boy. hard
2: listeners it's gonna be real hard
0: <laughs> um But yeah, so I'm getting ready to move and I had all these cookbooks and I literally am moving like seven boxes of cookbooks. Okay, so it's not like I'm getting rid of my collection, but I have every Ina Garten cookbook. There were a couple that I was like, I can probably do without these. Yeah. So I put them on my table and I posted on Instagram and you listeners that are so great were like, yeah, I'll come and get that cookbook. Yeah, I'll get that cookbook. Stephanie, I had like an in-home cookbook swap. Ooh. with our masks on. People okay. would come to the door with the masks. You should have it on outside. They would, I probably should have. <laughs> yeah. They said what they wanted. I put their little sticker on it and then they'd come into the house. I would like all of these things on the table. It's a free table. You can take whatever you want. And I'm literally getting rid of a lot of furniture and stuff. So people are like, oh, you're selling all your stuff. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. I have been meeting listeners. I have been giving away cookbooks for funny. three days. It's been hilarious. Oh, that's funny. People brought me stuff from their garden. One guy, like, can I can I just take a picture? My wife will be so jealous that I got to meet you. Another lady, I was like, hey, I can put the cookbook in the mailbox, but I'm going to be at the show today. She's like, well, I'll just wait and come a different day. I want to come when you're there. Oh. So she wants to meet. They're that's so sweet. sweet. That's very sweet. And they, like, tell me about their love of the show, their love of cookbooks. So... In these times of COVID where you're like not interacting with anyone to be able to act with, interact with, I think like eight people have come to the house. And then my friend is like, strangers are coming to your house to like pick up stuff. I was like, yeah, pretty much. It's funny.
2: Yeah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I have a different level. I don't know why, but you are, you are, you have a different
0: level than me. So we have a great show today. Our next guest, I cannot wait to talk to. Do you want to?
2: Uh, I, the next guest is Van Life. You're talking Van Life before we get to Lee oh, Dean. Okay. So we have <laughs> two guests today, though.
0: We have Lee Dean, um, who is the Star Tribune food maven, who has been there for 40 years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Then we're going to talk to Patrice Johnson, who has a new cookbook coming out, Land of 10,000 Plates. I'm going to talk a little bit about Van Life and my big food fail. We've got a taste tester and a great show coming up for you on The Weekly Dish. We're going to take a break and be right back.
2: Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota, and I know you're wondering who is Common Ground Minnesota again? Well, let me tell you, it's women in agriculture. These are women farmers who are right here in Minnesota volunteering their time to talk to you guys about food and how it's grown and how and why they grow it. That's Common Ground. Common Ground is, you know, a place where you can go and you can ask those questions about why they grow the food that they're growing and how they're growing it and how that affects the your family and what they're eating. This is the greatest part about these guys is that they're just up for discussion because of course we all love to talk about food, right? So at Common Ground Minnesota, they have a new website website, commongroundminnesota.com. And it's a great new site with, it's got farmers, it's got topics, it's got a great blog, it's got heat recipes, there's farm dogs. I don't know what else you could ask for, really. Common Ground Minnesota is a great spot. You can also check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. And of course, on Facebook at Common Ground Minnesota. It's a great place for everybody to go and have a conversation.
0: Dish. it's saturday our favorite saturday hopefully your favorite saturday if you ever miss a show or you want to hear some of the great conversations that happened while i was gone from miss elizabeth reese yeah uh you should do that baby?
2: i don't think so are we so. baby watching still does anyone know hope do you know i mean i think we're still watching yeah
0: and so wouldn't that make her overdo at this point i believe i believe
1: so yeah, yeah. yeah. poor
0: elizabeth reese but <laughs> this is like her this i is cannot her wait to see the babies i know Um, Did anybody, this is kind of an aside, but did you ever see uh, her little Franklin? She had a little video with her little Franklin talking about the wolves chasing him. Yep. Oh, boy. I was like, those are the moments as a parent. And we didn't like have like phones and videos. And
2: no, actually, the funny thing is, is I was thinking about that the other day because Jake made a sound like he, we used to do this thing, like he would pretend he's sleeping and he would go, Phew and that's how he would act as if he was sleeping and he did it the other day he looked at me and he went and he's like oh, I'm so tired and I'm like oh you're gonna fall asleep on your feet and he goes Hew, and it melted me I was like oh my god you remember that and he was like yeah and he laughed about it and I thought I'm kind of glad that wasn't anything other than just that moment like I didn't there wasn't a video there wasn't anything it was just that special that crystallized thing yeah was yes um, okay,
0: so I told you a little bit about fan Life. I just want to tell you, I have a couple of... Oh, we'll start out. I did, during the cookbook swap, Stephanie requested a book that I... Um, no, you didn't request this one. Holly Roberts did. As <laughs> I was I'm looking say, at it, I'm like, wait. I said 70- no books. Okay, so Holly Roberts, <laughs> but I, do I love brought Jalina. a book for her. Yeah. Jelena, she wanted that. So, uh, Stephanie, while we were in Santa Fe, yeah. we went to... And it was interesting, the masking. Like, Colorado, completely masked. Telluride had it down, boy. Um, you, What Telluride did, and it's a small town in the mountains of Colorado, they were originally one of the first towns, some tech guy lives there that had all the access to these tests. So they tested the entire town. Sure. Multiple times throughout the coronavirus in the spring. Yeah. And then they opened up for tourists and visitors, but it's all outside. So... All of their restaurants, they took their main thoroughfare and brought it down to one lane, each side. Mm -hmm. And then on the sides where parking cars would normally be, they made like a giant food uh, hall with tables. And then on each of the tables was a QR code. And you could order from any of the restaurants on that street and say, I'm at table four outside. And they would deliver to you. Mm -hmm. It was so organized. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm at table four. I need another beer from the brewery that's four blocks away. And, you know, I'd wait five minutes and here would come my beer. I'd pay all online. It was all contactless delivery. It's amazing. Everybody was I in masks. It.
2: Yeah, it was really kind of cool. It's, that's the potential. That's uh, the potential. How we missed that boat, that like America on Grand Avenue. That could have been. Actually, yeah. I have a great article, if anybody wants it, about Taiwan and why they have had, I think, seven deaths, you guys. Seven That's
0: it. I'm interested in that. And it's because
2: they started. They started with going, here's how we're going to handle this. And they used tech and they they made agreements. They said, here's how we're going to do it. And they did. And maybe you can't
0: ever do that because of a democracy. But it was very interesting how in other places, no masks, no nothing, just complete, like, not even happening. And in fact, you know, if you're wearing a mask, everyone's looking at you like you're some kind of sheep or something. But whatever. Yeah, I don't care. In Santa Fe which was our final destination. It's a home of tons of art, lots of galleries. None of that was open. Yeah. All of the shopping barely open. Um, We walked down all the streets and looked at stuff, but nothing's really open. And the farmer's market was open, which Mm -hmm. was interesting because they had like stanchions of where you could stand Mm -hmm. and you could point and look at things. And then they'd set them on a table and you'd pick them up. So very contactless. But as we were walking up to the market, I was like, hmm, what is that smell? What is that delicious smell? And I'm looking around. I'm trying to figure out what the smell is. Allison, I see this guy and he's got these big um, buckets of chilies and he's got this like drum that's over a fire that he's turning like a like a um,
2: like a rotisserie, but like a a
0: bingo drum where you pull the numbers out. But inside it are all these peppers. Yeah. These Santa Fe the hatch chilies, hatch chilies, the hatch chilies, all these peppers. Everyone
2: all, is all peppers. about the hatch chili
0: this year. Yeah, so I we bought some of the um, peppers. And that's such a, like, thing you forget to do. Like, we do it a lot in grilling season, but it's so easy to just put a pepper on your gas grill, on your gas stove or gas grill, and blacken it, and then stick it in, like, Tupperware or cover it with a little saran wrap till it gets, like, sweaty. And then you just pull off the black parts and... That like completely changes the complexity and the flavor of the chili. Mm-hmm. So I brought you oh some um, medium New Mexico chili powder. Oh nice because that guy also okay. was yes. selling chili powder. Wow. So I was nice. like, yeah Stephanie makes a lot of chili. She's gonna like this chili powder. I
2: love that. Are you kidding me? That's amazing
0: I had this burger Stephanie that also Kurt and I talked about you the entire time we ate it. <laughs> It was, we were sitting outside. You
2: guys so bored of each other that well, I had to be your topic.
0: Please, there was some of that. But I don't think I realized how bored I was of him until he left. Yeah. Because he came home and went right to the cabin, and I was like, oh, silence. This is so great. Yeah, right. Um, He didn't even call me the first day. That is unheard of, like, to be, yeah. not just call me. Yeah. Nothing. I was nothing. like, oh, he needed some he space, needed too. He needed space, as well. We had this burger that had a hatch chili that had been um, grilled or Just like I said, blackened. And then they like encased it in this in two slices of cheese. And so it was like a cheese, a grilled cheese chili that was on top of a burger. Ooh, it was fantastic because it kept the chili from slipping around on the burger. Right. And it gave it like that cheese saltiness and a little bit of crunch. When you packed all of those goodness and you had it in your hand. Wow. It was, Kurt was like, because I got fish. And he was like, you (laughs) need to be eating this burger right now. He was like, I'm even going to split it with you because I love you that much. And you can't say no.
2: Oh my God. I was like, I already,
0: he was like, no, you cannot say no. You have to eat this. It was so good. It was one of the best burgers we've ever had. Wow. And I just that chili taste, the hatch chili the the blackening of it, the enrobed in the cheese, yeah. the salty Oof. with the unctuous of the fatty beef. It yeah. was just like, oh,
2: that's good so stuff. Good. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, so that was pretty fun. Where was it? Do you remember what the place was called? No. Um, I can find it okay. in my
0: phone, and it was a brewery. Oh, um, again in Santa Fe, a lot of stuff was closed down. Right. We did take the gondola. Yeah. At the at, we went to um. Where were we? Oh, tell you right. We took the gondola because it's a ski resort. Yeah. And went up and saw the pretty colors. And it was interesting. Every time you got out of the gondola, someone with a hazmat suit on sprayed it. So we got into the gondola and it's just me and Kurt. And we're in there for like five minutes looking at the leaves and the windows are open. And then hazmat spray it down. I was just like, oh, this is going to be just so weird in weird. the winter. Yeah. Like all the hazmat stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay. So... We get to Santa Fe mm-hmm. and I need to cook a meal. I said I would cook a dinner. So I'm looking around. This is Chaz's family's place and his mom has died and the kids have kept the place. And it's real cute. It's one level Adobe. Just it was really sweet. And I'm looking around and I see this Dansk red Dutch oven, the kind that has the top where it flips over so you can serve on it. Oh, Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was red, and it was beautiful, and they're white on the inside. Sure, sure. And I was like, oh, Chaz. He goes, well, cook in it if you want. I was like, really? I can cook in that? Because it was pristine. Yeah. So I decide I've got all this green chili salsa that I made from the green tomatoes in the garden, and I've got tomato sauce. Like, I brought all this food in the van. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make rice. And this salt, put this green salsa in there, and then we're gonna nestle the chicken in, and we're gonna do like a baked chicken rice dish. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And I had the hatch chilies from the market that sure. year, so I put those in there. So he hands me this rice. He's like, "Here's some jasmine rice. Use this." I was like, "Okay."
2: Are we already done? Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. I'll I mean, finished my story. No, on the no, other no, you side. have like a minute. Well, I mean, you have a little bit of time.
0: It took an hour and forty minutes for the rice to cook, and I burned the bottom of the pan. <laughs> is the moral of the story? <laughs> this beautiful pan that we had to this is my point pretty isn't always functional An altitude is real oh. with rice i didn't even think about it oh god okay we're okay. gonna come back talk to lee okay but yeah that was a we'll fail hey
2: everybody welcome back to weekly dish thanks for joining us this saturday and every saturday and uh we just love that you guys are tuned in we are so honored today you guys we have Ms. lee dean on the phone are you here lee
1: I certainly am.
2: Well, welcome to the Weekly Dish. Is this Is this your first time on? <laughs> I think it's second. Second, cuz you've been on for cookies. Second, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, cuz cookies are huge and I actually did get your contact information from Rick and he and I were like, "When are we going to talk about cookies?" You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I think everybody is looking forward yeah. to cookies. We all need cookies this year. And cookies That's can right. start
0: early this year, right? We can start
2: Christmas now. That's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I, so, I did yeah. want to welcome you, and I wanted to say congratulations on putting up forty years as the Star Tribune's taste editor. I mean, my God, that is that is an accomplishment.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I,
2: I I was like,
0: I think she's been at the Star Tribune forty years, but then I felt like, oh, does that make it seem like you started working there when you were seventeen? You've been there a long time. <laughs>
1: I mean, I I. I, I and just to clarify, I was editor for twenty six years, but I've written for the taste section for forty. True. So, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. That makes me sound not as old. Not as old. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Was the cookie um, contest, the Starchman cookie contest, and the cookie book ultimately sprang from your brain?
1: I, I have to say that was that was Rick. Um, it was uh, we had done cookies every year. That's sort of a big deal, of course. In the in the Food world. And um, he was uh, a new person on the staff. And every year, you know, you're looking for something, a new approach to a story. And he thought, he suggested that we try a contest. Yeah. So.
2: I got it. All right. So let's let's go back, though, because I'm really interested in the fact that you were I love the first line of if you know, I put a link up to the story about, you know, (laughs) you your retirement that you wrote. And I love that the first line is I never planned to be a food writer. Food found me. And I think that there's so much in your story of how you kind of this role as a writer at the Star Tribune and how the taste section and the way that the food kind of grabbed you and became your life is so I mean, I think it's so important, but it's so very much. I think a lot of people who love food, that's kind of the same thing. You know, they kind of find it and it worms its way into your life. Did you think that it was ever going to be that important to you?
1: no certainly not and and i have to say that um when when i started which was at right around 1980 uh, nobody aspired to be a food writer right. at that point in time um the you know the the handful of food writers around the country they tended to come from the home economic background um and and what what happened certainly after the 80s is that you had a lot of uh people from other parts of the newspaper who kind of fell into that position. So there are a fair amount of, uh, food editors that came or food writers in general that came from, um, a background generally in the arts. Um, people who had been music critics, that was like a biggie, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, in the past. And so, so yeah, I mean, it just, you know, once the, the great thing about food writing is, or being part of the food world is that, it is changing all the time and there is always something new to learn um and so it's it's never dull and um i that's what inspired me to hang on for so many years.
2: Well, so. and if you think about this, so you, so if we're saying that you began kind of in the eighties, you know, and you were watching the way that the food world in town, because super local, obviously, um, watching how it evolved. What would you say is like maybe the biggest thing that you can put a kind of note as to how this, how we've all changed the way that we look at like a taste section, or you know, how we look at food media.
1: Um you know I, well, I i think there there were multiple things that were that were going on um during the course of those years certainly um, to to fall back on the usual ex- explanations is the more and more that people traveled the more they be- became aware that uh there was a whole lot of interesting food out there and right. they would bring back those interests here and want to cook like that i mean that all Was sort of part of the building interest, I think, in food, and then, um, and also the sense that people started to eat out more often. You know, pretty gradually. Um, Even in 1980, I mean, that was you know it was kind of a special occasion type of thing when you went out for for a big dinner. And and you know, again, partly that had to do with you know women going back to work, the the workforce becoming. more diverse and um, it you know and just gradually everything just uh, uh, got better and better and part of that also was the, the the larger community that we had here in Minnesota and elsewhere of course in the U.S. where you had a again more diverse um, population more immigrants coming in bringing in their food so grocery stores accommodated that and, and I mean it, it just like blossomed And uh, we're all the better for it.
2: Well, and I think there's something about the fact that you guys really did food journalism in the way that it wasn't just about recipes. I mean, I think a lot of people up until then, you know, newspaper and food, it would be about, you know, again, recipes Mm -hmm. and and looking at like grocery shopping and things Mm like that. But you, you know, did so many great things in terms of looking at, you know, we were just talking about um you know, school lunches in nineteen eighty nine, I was looking through your thing. And about yeah, food yeah. history and, and, and how important was that to you?
1: Oh, very important. Um, because at at the end of the day, the by this time the staff was made up of journalists. It's like we we were secondarily food writers, but we were at heart journalists mm-hmm. and so we were looking at stories that we thought had a broader impact on the the community and, and really what we wanted to do is Grab everybody out there you didn't have to be a home cook to to want to read the taste section because there was there ought to be something compelling every week for <laughs> for anyone because um, because we all ate so um, that was that was part of the fun and the challenge I think from a year to year basis over the years.
2: And then you have been, obviously, one of the things that you did have to do is do a lot of recipe testing. And you talk a little bit about that. And that is how, as as you as a cook, someone who's done so much recipe testing and then you've kind of evolved into this cook, would you say that you are now, you know, like a a really
1: great cook? Well, I think my family would say that. Um,
2: Do you find that you're intuitive? Do you feel like you need to follow a recipe? Or are you someone who can throw things together and make it happen?
1: I might throw things together kind of person. <laughs> but by this time, you know I mean it's like cooking all the time is it's like the equivalent of you know practicing the piano, you know you it becomes second nature at some point and and in my case, it wasn't just that I cooked all the time for for the paper, but I cooked something new, you know it was like I had to like up my game every time and and so. Whereas there are times where you say, oh, someday, someday I'm going to try that. It was like, no, actually on Tuesday night for dinner, <laughs> I'm right. trying mm-hmm. that. And um, so, it, it, you know, there was a sort of sense of challenge as well. And, and once again, you know, it, the more you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to experiment with this and and. it's just fun.
2: What do you like to cook now? Like what's your, what's your, like what's your go-to do? Do you experiment into different cuisines? Are you thinking like I'm in, like I'm going into a Japanese food, you know, kind of a lane or do you just dabble around?
1: I would say I dabble around, but, but I do, um, I do have a particular interest in Japanese food right now. So that that is,
2: I just picked that that out because that's obviously, you know, one of those things that people love, but gosh, that's great. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to make at home right now?
1: You know, it's, it's, just something just a simple dish with uh, basically the the sort of rice bowl concept where you you know you, you start it with rice and have a protein and bunch of vegetables and it's if, if i'm just by myself that that's a nice simple meal that's really good and you can change out the change out the flavorings have a different dish every time so that's
2: awesome so let me ask you this <laughs> about the taste section as you go, you know, and you're leaving it behind. What do you think that it, the future is for food journalism in print? You know, you know, I love print, so I'm all for it. But how do you <laughs> yes. see this going forward? And how is it gonna? How is it gonna keep going?
1: Well, it, at the start of it'll definitely keep going. There will be an announcement about a new food editor soon. Oh. Um, I think that there, you know, I, I can't imagine that there will be a time when there isn't. Um, uh, Uh, an interest in food and a a reflection of that also then in the newspaper. So, um, yeah, I I think it has a bright future. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens.
2: Yeah, I think that as far as food goes, it's so applicable. You know, I mean, just for us in this radio show, we talk about all sorts of things from quick breads to, you know, drinks to politics and everything else, because food really yeah, does yeah. have such a connection through all things. And so I feel like what you guys started and how we've all carried it and like run with it along with you. I think that the Star Tribune should be completely and utterly lauded for that, for the, the work that you've done. <laughs> you've set the tone. Lee. Uh-huh. I mean, like you guys have really well, set the you. tone.
1: Thank you, thank you very much, Stephanie.
2: You're welcome, and thank you for being here, and thank you for all your work. And congratulations on your <laughs>
1: retirement. Yes, I...
2: and God, seriously, just don't have a deadline for a while. I mean, honestly, <laughs> no, I know. Oh, what a gift. What are you and, gonna? And, are you gonna like? Are you gonna go do like some big food project on your own?
1: Yes, I am. Okay. So, I, you... what I was gonna just note is, I'm not retiring per se. I mean, I'm not a golfer. I'm <laughs> like, I always have to have projects going on, so I do to have writing projects in the works and I'm thrilled that I actually will have some time to do it. So
0: you're welcome back on our program yeah. anytime. Miss. Anytime
2: Lee. <laughs> Seriously. All yeah, right. You, well, thank you so much. Yeah. When you get your projects up, we will be happy to chat them up and like have fun <laughs> with them. So thanks so much. You guys, All Lee, right. Dean of the star tribune, putting up a big old 40 years on the newspaper and moving on to cooler and awesome things. Thanks so much. You guys we will be right <laughs> back.
0: We are the weekly dish and it is the ask Stephanie portion of the show. We've got a uh, 1071 If you want to call in and ask any questions, we would love to be your concierge. Someone did um, Instagram me the other day, Steph and wanted to know about places that were having um, brunches that they could sit outside with heaters. And I did a quick little roundup. So Aqua and White Bear Lake has heaters outside um, and is doing brunch. There is um, San Pedro Cafe in Hudson. There is also Red Rabbit in North Loop and St. Paul, and they have heaters.
2: I mean, pretty much everybody who's got an outside... Patio is going to have heaters within the next couple days. And
0: I think people plan your blankies because bring your own blanket is a thing. When we went to Broders and sat outside, we had all all had our blankets and multiple coats on. There's those cute skirts that have like down in them, down pants. Sure. Um, I'm excited to wear my grandma's. I got my grandma's mink coat. Remember that? And I normally wouldn't wear a mink coat, but I'm like, well, it's vintage and it was my grandma's and it's going to be cold this winter. So I'm going to be like looking like you because you always wear your full length.
2: Yeah, I love it. I love a mink. I love a fur coat.
0: Yes. And especially if you didn't have to Kill the fur or buy new. It's already been killed. It's already out yeah. there. You may as well wear it. Right. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. There's my very unpolitically correct PETA statement. <laughs>
2: it's <like> we <laughs> it's like, already been we done, don't have so just time to get into this. My God. <laughs> like, all right. So here's what we have, you guys. Dishers. We have. You saw my Instagram post a while ago. We have Brox. Thanksgiving candy corn. Which finally I'm refining my revenge on Hanson for making me eat all the things that she wants me to try. Are you a candy corn
0: eater generally? Yes, and you know this. Yes,
2: like turkey, like I am all, I have a full bowl of candy corn. And I know people, the controversy of the candy corn is trash. You know what? So are baby Ruth, what do you want? Like everyone has like a feeling about their Halloween candy because of what they loved as a kid, I feel like. I love candy corn. I mean, I love it. But this is different. This is turkey dinner. Thanksgiving dinner candy corn, which they've done for some reason. And I'm going to make you taste them. Let's start with the red one. They're all these multicolors, and let me just tell you, they have like green beans, roasted turkey, cranberry sauce, ginger carrots, sweet potato. So the red one is obviously cranberry, right? Yep. So and, and that and tasty. feels that feels normal, right? Okay. So try to go for this all orange, like orange on the bottom and the top, no white whatsoever. Okay. Yes. Eat all that orange. one next. Ugh. I know. And by the way, it, it does have, you can eat half of it. It's okay if you don't want to do this. I feel like that's the carrots. And I feel like that's the glazed ginger glazed carrot. I could be wrong. And then it's not bad. It's not bad. But you, it does taste like carrots. There's a weird carrot sense to yeah. it on the afterwards.
0: Okay. I like that one.
2: Yeah, right? So far, this isn't so bad. Okay. So then let's try the green one, <laughs> which is obviously green beans. The green beans one is. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> it's a little vegetal on the end, which has a weird like grassiness to it. Oh, it's going to be bad. You're not going to puke, are you? No, but that okay. was bad.
0: Okay, Okay, I need a palate cleanser. Hold on.
2: No, we're going to get into an area that I'm not 100% sure of here. Oh. Let's try the one with That's the white brutal. on the top.
0: Kate, we know you called. Hold on. We'll Hold on, get Kate. To we're you. almost
2: there. The white on the top and the orange on the bottom. Hold it up. Yes, try okay. that one. I'm pretty sure. And see Don't the, tell me. Yet. Okay, let me tell you what you, let me hear what you think that is. Gravy? <laughs> I think that's stuffing. <laughs>
0: Butter mashed potatoes? I don't know. I think that's
2: Ugh. stuffing, maybe. Um, okay,
0: how many more of these do have I have? You have two
2: left. I, I would, started
0: out so good. I know.
2: Try this one with the brown on the top and the yellow on the bottom.
0: Okay. I, I know th- this is going to be the turkey. No,
2: I think this is sweet potato pie. Maybe you have to put it all in yes. No, Is that the turkey? That was
0: dressing. Oh, that was the stuffing. Ew.
2: <laughs> oh, That was so gross. That was a bad one. Okay, you have one left. Ugh. It's got to be the turkey. Okay.
0: I got another palate cleanser. Seriously. Oh, God.
2: It's got to be the turkey. Come on. You guys,
0: I'm not being dramatic. That oh, no. was just that gross.
2: I, okay. Okay. Here's the turkey. I think it's the turkey. I think you're onto the turkey. Why isn't there mashed potatoes? I don't know. That seems like... They had sweet potato instead. Or are you on stuffing? Did you have turkey before and now that's stuffing? You're
0: liking that one. You're eating that one. I'm not one. liking it, but it's probably the turkey because it just kind of tastes like salt. Yeah. Nothing. Okay. maple <laughs> That dressing one, that was not like the worst. Is it because it had like an onion flavor in it? I don't, know. I don't even know. But that one, like, okay. Kate, we're going to take your question, and then I got something for Stephanie to taste. Hi, Kate. How you doing?
1: Good, good. Hey, I've got two questions for you. Okay. Um, The first one is, where would you recommend getting some really, really good nachos? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you (laughs) laughing? Because
0: we've had this conversation, and Jason Matheson would tell you nacho mamas in Stillwater that the chip-to-cheese ratio, the topping-to-cheese ratio is perfect there. Okay, and that's in, um, what's it called? Stillwater, Nacho Mamas. Okay, okay.
2: Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> here's the thing, I don't order nachos out anymore because I make, because I'm so disappointed and I make them myself quite a bit at my house. And, and I so, know
1: I can make them myself too. but Yeah, um, but I hear you when if I... you're
2: out and you want like a good, and here's the thing, is like a good cheese sauce from a restaurant is an amazing thing. hmm But I don't, I feel like I don't order them as much. The place that I did use to order them was Bar Luchador and they're closed. So I got to think about it. Okay. Okay. On to question two and and maybe stuff will
1: come. Oh, the second question is um, the podcast. I haven't gotten any podcasts from you guys in the last since August.
0: Okay. Here's the thing, people. For whatever reason, there is a problem with the MyTalk app uploading the weekly dish podcast okay it doesn't work it works sporadically they don't know why i don't know why we tell them they're supposed to be fixing it (laughs) however if you ever want to find the weekly dish podcast they are on google they're on itunes they're everywhere else except for the my talk app for whatever reason (laughs) okay so if you're ever looking for an episode just google weekly dish and the first one that'll come up is google google play and you can just play it right from your um, phone or right from your desktop. Okay. And you don't Thank have to download an app to play it.
2: Awesome. Bye-bye. Good Sorry, luck. Sorry, thanks. I'll think about it. Yeah, majors. that's
0: a bummer. I was looking at our stats. Like, we were having so many people listening, and it's just gone down since the app has not been working. But thanks for letting us know that. Yeah. Okay, Stephanie, yeah. while we're waiting for the next call, could you please open your pumpkin pie KitKat? <clears throat> pumpkin pie spice season. I'm working on a, a segment for my website. On pumpkin pie spice, and I wanted to. You always love a good Kit Kat. I do love a Kit Kat. Smells kind of, ooh, smells cinnamony, orangey. Yeah, they overloaded it with like a little
2: bit of the allspice or something. It's a little sharp. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's like a chemical.
2: It's a little chemically sharp. Blah,
0: that's not good either. I'm not,
2: I'm not, I'm not gonna spit it out. That's for sure. I did. But
0: <clears throat>
2: not great. Hmm. That's interesting. She keeps eating it. <laughs> I'm eating it. I Michelle, mean, I love a pick-up.
0: We got your call on the line. How you doing today, Michelle?
2: Hi, good, ladies. It's good to talk to you guys. Um, my question is, is, in Eden Prairie, there's quite a few Indian restaurants that opened up, and I was wondering what you would recommend to try as a newbie. I, I want to give them some business, but also kind of experience that, that cuisine. Tikka masala.
0: What's it? Wait. And in the, in the, what to eat in an Indian
2: restaurant. Oh, Oh, so not just what restaurant you're asking. What to what order. kind of things to eat? Okay, right. Paneer, um, palak paneer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still pumpkin spicing my <laughs> Kit Kat situation. Palak <laughs> um, paneer is like a like a really great, lovely cheese that's sort of, you know, I mean, that's got some spinachy sauce with it. Um, sambusas are delicious. I mean, curries. There's just so many great things. Seekh masala's chicken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and a yogurt sauce. I would say- Anticipation
0: is building. The holidays are just around the corner, and at the Home Depot, we can't wait. With Black Friday savings all through November, you can count down to Christmas early with a Santa Countdown Inflatable special buy, only $69.98. Or anticipate when friends and family come to visit with an entrance full of LED lights that will welcome them and the holidays with open arms. Get the holiday magic started early. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.